to see you once again, everybody. Everybody get comfortable. You need to get another coffee or another snack when we transition. Help yourself. Any takers over there? There's a there's one chair that's closest to the donuts, so that's that's the donut chair. So yeah. Dibs. Yeah. That's right, that chair automatically has dibs. Right there. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. There's plenty, seriously. Lowell, I'd like to announce. Okay. Uh, this coming Saturday is my birthday, mm. and I am accepting gifts. Okay. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject, uh -oh. I've got one coming up, too. What what number is your birthday? 20, 20th? Well, I'm older than everyone in the room. Well, I mean, your birthday is fe February 20th? 19th. February 19th, okay. Mine is February the 28th. Okay. So just after you're done shopping for Saul, <laughs> you can go shopping for me. Well, while we're at it, tomorrow is our 37th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Steve's a lucky guy. Wow. He's a lucky guy. He is. That's right. yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. 37. Ron texted, and his daughter Kieran is in labor, giving birth to their granddaughter. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. So how quick can Ron be here? <laughs> he's on. He's on there, Bjorn. Yeah, he's watching. Oh, is he? Yeah. All right. Hi, Ron. Welcome. Back Congrats. Yeah. Uh, good. That's awesome. Any other days, moments, <laughs> milestones we need to celebrate? Me and it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. It's what day? Valentine's. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. That's right. Right. You didn't know already. Now you know. Public service announcement. And we are taking prisons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. A lot of good stuff. And LSU's in the Super Bowl tonight. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. It is Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. All right. So. Um, so for today, what, um, what I have in mind, um, I have a few thoughts that I want to share with you as, as continuing our, our series that we've now entitled Necessary Endings. So I want to kind of, kind of recap that and got a couple thoughts for you. Um, and then what I'd like for us to do, as we've done in recent weeks, is to um, turn off the live stream unfortunately, for you live stream folks, um, and have some more discussion here in the room. And the only reason for that is just it just works better. There's actually a slight delay uh, with the live stream. We have to figure out how to overcome that. Otherwise, we would, we would like to try to find out a way to do the participatory part with the live stream folks included. But so far, we haven't technologically. So, um, so that's where we are today. Okay. So... Um, this series has come to be titled Necessary Endings, which is borrowed from this fantastic book written by Dr. Henry Cloud back about 10 years ago or so. Um, where we started, and it's, a, and it's a great book, and I'm going to continue to draw from it uh, even this morning. But where we began is with this curious statement by Jesus, recorded by the Gospel writer Luke, where Jesus says, you know, that this... this you know, actually what he says, I think, is a wicked generation or an evil generation. Those terms might be a little bit electric in our language. You know, he's just saying a broken down generation is asking for a sign. 
And he says, the only sign that I'm going to give is the sign of Jonah, which is curious, really. Um, and so what we talked about for the last uh, few weeks is just to kind of grapple with the reality that here's Jesus growing up as a young Hebrew, you know, Hebrew young man, studying these same scriptures that we're studying, what we call the Old Testament. He reads the story of Jonah, and somehow in his mind, the story of Jonah, the prophet Jonah, becomes almost like a, a pattern or a sign that Jesus, Jesus can describe the story of Jonah as a sign or a pattern. And clearly you can see in his own life how his own life, his own story, mirrors the story of Jonah. Jesus, in real time, is being thrown overboard by his friends, just as Jonah was. Um, and then, of course, Jonah, uh, three days in the belly of a big fish, Jesus going down to the earth, seemed to be crucified. And then, of course, Jonah spit out on the correct beach after that, and, uh, in which us, in Jesus' story for us, points to Easter. So you can see that in Jesus' life. But what we've kind of done is taken the next step and asked with this big giant, what if? You know, What if, when Jesus mentions the sign of Jonah, what if, when Jesus says that, he means not only his own life, in other words, this pattern is found not only in Jonah's life and in Jesus' life, but what if Jesus is saying that this is even more generalized beyond Jonah and Jesus, that this is something about life, that this is something about, this is the pattern of life, down into helplessness, into darkness, into some kind of death, and then the apex of this pattern uh, emerges, and then resurrection uh, on the other side. What if this is a general pattern that Jesus sees in life as a whole? And once you ask that question, you start to see it almost everywhere in both the teaching of Jesus and certainly in the writings of the Apostle Paul, where Jesus says things like, take up your cross and follow me. What's that? Well, that implies death. A cross is a place where death occurs. So take up your cross and follow me. Even those words really have death and some kind of new birth, some kind of new life on the other side embedded um, within them. And that's just one example. You see it all the time. The Apostle Paul, you know, I die daily, Paul said. He said we are buried with Christ in baptism so we could live with Christ. So it's, it's everywhere. Um, and so that connects with us personally and our ongoing lives and our ongoing journey, walk with God, however, um, we start to see that pattern, I think, in our own lives, our own experiences thus far. And it also relates to us as a church collectively. We have been through some kind of, like a sign of Jonah, with that, with that U-shaped pattern. And of course, a few weeks ago when I began to introduce these thoughts, I said, the reason I'm saying this and, and want to have this conversation with you guys is because I feel like um, we're at the apex of that turn, and it's time for what's next. It's time for that resurrection. It's time for that recovery from the pit into whatever, whatever, you know, the analogy for Jonah's being spit out on the correct beach, you know, whatever that analogy turns out to be for us, you know. Feels like um, it feels like that turn is happening. In so we're kind of having multiple conversations at once, admittedly, because these are principles that apply, you know, for all of us personally, with with personal relationships, with family, perhaps with work relationships, etc., um, and our own individual story. But also, these thoughts apply to us collectively as a church. So we're trying to have both of those conversations.
And this is where the work of Dr. Cloud has become really valuable because what, what we find in the scriptures using that vocabulary mix, that kind of language, we also find in this great work by Dr. Cloud, who is by training and profession, he's a psychologist. Necessary Endings is, well, I mean, the title, the subtitle says the employees, relationships, and businesses that we all have to, we're all going to have to give up in order to move forward. So he tries to be that broad. But I just want to tell you, it's a business book, really. The core of that, of his work, where he um, relates these thoughts throughout the book, if you read it, is in the business world. But he does a great job throughout the book making application to personal life, et cetera. But the point is, he's not particularly using spiritual language. He's using language from his own background and, and work experience. He's using language of, of organizational dynamics, psychology, personal relationships, et cetera. And yet, what we find is, he's saying the same thing. That in order for us to move forward, um, endings are actually required in our lives. So this has been very beneficial. I just want to say personally, it's been beneficial for me over the last several months since I took this book back off the shelf and started to um, go through it and, and meditate on it once again and, and even more given the circumstance that we're in. It's been very meaningful to me and I hope that it's meaningful to you on a personal level and I know that it's going to turn out to be meaningful for us you know, collectively um, as a church. So, endings. Um, a couple of more instances from our spiritual vocabulary that jump out at me now that we're several weeks now into this conversation, you start to see the idea of endings like almost everywhere as you stir up this conversation. Think about, I'm thinking of two instances of language from our spiritual vocabulary, our spiritual conversation. Think about the word surrender. The term is used often for to speak of maybe a conversion experience, um, what it means to follow God. We, we talk about surrender, surrender to God. I love the song, I Surrender All. Anybody remember that song? All to Jesus I Surrender. That's a great song. I surrender. I grew up in church. We sang it. Seems like we sang it every Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the altar call anthem, you know. Uh, love that song. Love the word. Love the thought. Love, uh, love, love the idea uh, that it summons. I have to say, I don't think it's a very good word to use for describing a one and done conversion experience, like, like. Back in 2013, on December the 4th, I surrendered to Christ. You know, I think that's probably not very helpful language um, because I don't know anybody for whom surrender is a one and done deal. I think it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing proposition. So, but I, so I think when when the word is being used to describe a condition of living, you know, or an ongoing endeavor, an ongoing pursuit, uh, meaning like uh, the the proposition of living a surrendered life, I think it's really, really helpful language to get to something about the core of this whole proposition of following Christ. It really does involve, I think surrender is a great word to say. And 
when you think about all that, in the context of this conversation about endings, right? Endings are inherent to surrender. Isn't that true? So in other words, if, if, if I see the endeavor that what, what God is calling me to, if I see that and speak of it as, oh, I'm, I'm being called to live a surrendered life. Well, that means that continually there are going to be aspects and elements and piece, pieces and parts, etc., of my life, my inner world, my outer world, etc., that are going to be ending so that they can be replaced with something new, right? So even this idea of surrender implies endings again and again and again. Think about another one, a favorite term, uh, certainly within our evangelical ranks, uh, the phrase born again, right? Jimmy Carter made waves back in the 70s, I guess, whenever he said he was a born again Christian. Everybody went, right? So that's, that's, how, that's like our word, being born again. Um, depending on the English translation of the Bible that you read, um, some English translations have it uh, translated as born from above. Jesus said, uh, you must be born from above or born again, depending on how it's translated. Well, in either way, my point to get us for our conversation today, um, either way, born again, born from above, the implication, once again, is endings. That what Jesus is saying is that if you're going to if you're gonna enter the kingdom, you've got to like take it from the top. All of life has to be rethought from, from the very beginning to end. Everything about your, your cultural lenses, everything about your value system, your hopes and dreams, your goals, your motivation. Man, you gotta, you got you to gotta completely start over. You've got to hit reset if you're going to do this kingdom thing that I'm preaching about. You know? So, again, there's endings, all kinds of endings embedded with that, within that. My purpose is only this, to say... For, for us as, you know, Jesus followers, the idea of an ending is nothing to reject, resist, hide from. Um, it is part and parcel of, well, life as a whole, and certainly part and parcel of what it means to follow Jesus. So, to the extent, all that to say, now I'm coming back to us collectively, to the extent that what we've experienced together as a church is an ending, and it's an ending to a large extent, let's just say. Um, when you really put all that together, an ending is really a precursor to a new beginning. And there you have the sign of Jonah. So, um, this is the conversation that we've been in for a few weeks, a conversation that we're going to be in for a few more weeks. I love the image of the rose bush that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's actually drawn from, from Dr. Cloud, where he talks about a rose bush, and a gardener understands that if a rose bush is going to thrive, there's going to have to be some pruning. There's going to have to be some buds and branches that are going to have to be snipped away in order for. Um, the healthiest branches to thrive in order for the rose bush as a whole to thrive. And in the context of that conversation a few weeks ago, um, as we were discussing, 
a couple of people mentioned the idea that the rosebush metaphor has some some additional value that we didn't really talk about at first, and that is the idea that a rosebush has roots. And even with all the trimming of the, of the gardener, um, it is the roots of the rosebush that remain consistent and that continue to do their work of supplying the necessary nutrients, you know, up through the stalk and out, out to the branches. And so what I'd like to do for the rest of our time today, and I'm kind of thinking of this moment as, as a midpoint in our conversation together, um, so I'm kind of thinking of this, to use a football metaphor here on Super Bowl Sunday, kind of thinking of this as halftime uh, for us, and, um, and just thinking again about that, that apex deal, and here we are at the, half, at the midpoint um, on that apex turn. So what I'd like for us to do for the rest of our time together is have a conversation about our shared roots. What are those roots? What are the aspects of our past? that we're grateful for, that can and will continue to feed us going forward. Um, I'd like to have that conversation with you this morning. I have some thoughts and some ideas, um, and I'm hoping to hear from, from you on that as well, okay? Can we do that for the rest of our time? All right, so let's pray, and then we'll turn off the live stream and we'll have that conversation. Is that cool? All right, so Father, we love you. Thank you for...